Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome. We're so glad to have you with us here this evening on Ask Herbal Health Expert Susan Weed, a two-hour radio show each Tuesday night. Herbal medicine is people's medicine, simple, safe, effective. Please bring your curiosity and health questions. Susan will enlighten, surprise, and delight you. I know most of you know Susan Weed already. She's my mom, so I know her. But for those of you who have not yet met Susan, I'd like to share, she is the author of the Wise Woman Herbal Series, wonderful books on women's health and herbal medicine, including Wise Woman Herbal for the Childbearing Year, Breast Cancer Breast Health! Exclamation point, The Wise Woman Way, Healing Wise, The Wise Woman Herbal, New Menopausal Years, The Wise Woman Way, down there, sexual and reproductive health, the wise woman way. And abundantly well, seven medicines, the wise woman way. The newest book in the wise woman herbal series. So exciting. In addition to being the editor at Ashtree Publishing and writing her books, Susan is the director of the Wise Woman Center in Woodstock, New York. The Wise Woman Center is open to the public on appointment-only basis. She offers weekend workshops, intensives, and apprenticeships throughout the season. Susan is also available to you online via wisewomanmentor.com. There you can go and view her weekly e-zine. You can subscribe to receive a notification via email each week, or you could join her mentorship program. Susan also offers distance learning correspondence courses and online courses at thewisewomanschool.com. Join us there for colorful, instructive, easy video courses, including Easy Herbal Medicine with Susan Weed, Happy Needs, a cancer diagnosis, adaptogens for long life, and abundantly well companion course, wisewomanschool.com. You can also just go to her website, susanweed.com, where you will find thousands of pages online with recipes, articles, art features, and so much more. Well, for now, let's see what Susan has to share with us this evening. Thank you, and welcome, Susan. Thank you, Justine, and welcome, Sarah Ellen. Hi, Susan. How are you this evening? I am well, and how are you? I'm doing pretty well, too. What have you been doing this day and this week? 
Oh, this day and this week, I have been learning about farm hydrants and um, finding someone to help me dig big hole and put in a new one. And um, tending to sick barn kitty and uh, doing a little bit of harvesting. But like what you were saying last week, we've had a lot of rain. So um, it's cleared up today. And maybe there'll be a little bit of yarrow left for harvest. I got some yarrow harvested for tincture before the rain started. But, yeah, that's about it from Barrington Hills. What have you been up to in the Catskills? We did our Greenwich holiday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and we walked down to Farmer John's, and we rescued his beans. His beans, Mm. you couldn't even see there were beans there. There was so much amaranth. We had to roll up our pants and wade in because it's so wet here. There's actually standing water in the field. Ay, 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 ay. But by the time we were done, we had... Oh, golly, maybe 10 pounds of amaranth. We put 17 quart bags of amaranth in the freezer, plus all we ate, plus there's still a bunch in the refrigerator. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, and John had beans, and he was very happy. And he told us stories. The women were especially interested in ancestors, so I asked John to tell us about his ancestors, because he was born right here, and his dad was born right here, grandfather was born right here, and they all... He lives in the house he was born in, and mm. there are all kinds of ancestor spirits hanging out there, including ancestor spirits from the Lenape, who came through this area often on hunting expeditions. Wow. And when John wow. heard out, he has... And he's pretty sensitive, and he can pick up stories from objects, so he sat with the arrowheads and really got some interesting stories about the people mm. who were there before us. So that was a lovely mm. day. We went up to Herb Hill, to Gretchen's place. We stopped at the Philippendula patch. And once again, they had to roll up their pants. Now, Philippendula likes it wet. The beans didn't like it wet. They were asking for little water wings. But the Philippendula does like it wet. It's always wet. The Philippendula is. But this time, it was really wet when the Philippendula was. But oh, they, wow. they all. Yeah, they just, you know, went on in, and it's a kind of meadow sweet and related to spirea and very pain-killing. I've been using a Philippendula tincture three to five drops a day is usually enough to really reduce my pain. I'm just kind of a general uh, painkiller, and unlike most of the painkillers, it doesn't have any sleepy side effects. And then we went up to Gretchen's, and um, I did my favorite thing to do at Gretchen's, which is to lay in a mat of wild thyme. I love Gretchen's. Have we been cut off? You're still there. Oh, there you are. No, I'm... Yes, I I was just saying I love Gretchen's. When I made my first trip to your place, you took us to Gretchen's, and it was so magical there. Wow. Plants everywhere. Wild time. <laughs> and wild time. Ah, <laughs> to lie in the wild time. And have a little sun actually beat us. I was looking at my arms and I'm going, oh my goodness, look. It's gotten a little brown. It's not that you know, pale, rainy. 
I, we were arraigned at the very, very end. So we had lunch out. We'd done our ritual, our Green Witch Initiation, which is beautiful. And then we put lunch out. And it started to sprinkle. And I said, what do you want to do? You want to go in? They said, no, let's just stay out. And then it started to rain. And then it started to pour. I mean, it was raining so hard, we were having to pour water out of the food. Oh, my. <laughs> That's wet. Justine grumped at me a little bit about letting the ladies get wet. I said, but they wanted to. So then she grumped at me for letting me get wet. But it was a nice, warm rain. It's summer, after all. I don't think any of us came to any bad end. For, and we just sheltered under the linden tree as it got worse and worse and tried to cover up the food best we could <laughs> to say our goodbyes and what a marvelous time we had had together. It was a wonderful, cohesive group. And I... Still looking for one or two more green goddesses. So if you've been tossing and turning and thinking about it, maybe I should go to Green Goddess Week. Maybe this is the year. There is still time to get in, but that window of opportunity is very narrow now. So get in touch with us right away, please, if you want to come and be a green goddess. Had a great walk with Whitefeather today. One of our favorite places, and we had a wild time there, too. Mm-hmm. Along with so many Canadian geese, at first I didn't didn't even grok that they were geese because they were so thick. It just looked like the shore, like rocks. Oh, and then they oh, moving, wow. and I'm like, oh my gosh! Right, there was oh several hundred of them easily. Oh, wow! That's a lot of geese in one spot. It's a lot of goose <clears throat> in one spot too. <laughs> Were you yeah, there for that's... it? Oh my! <laughs> oh my! <laughs> hmm. uh, we have the Midwestern Spiritual Spark Plug coming to uh, talk with us this evening at nine o'clock East Coast time. That's Marilyn Harper. She's the Bet Midler of the Mystical Movement. And she um, has a lot of authentic and offbeat stories of personal transformation delivered in a way that's hilarious, heartfelt, and inspiring. So stay with us so that you can hear Marilyn Harper or come back at 9 o'clock East Coast time. Check in with us then. Do we have anybody who wants to ask any questions tonight? Uh, lots of callers on the line, and four people have raised their hand uh, by pressing one. So I'll remind everyone listening, if you have a question and would like to speak live to Susan tonight, please press one to raise your hand and put yourself in the queue. Our first caller tonight is calling from the 845 area code. From the 845, you are live with Susan. Oh, um, is that me? Justin, yes, I is. think that might be me. It's Hi, you. Susan. Is, Hi. This is, um, is Debbie calling. How are you Hi, tonight? Debbie. Hi. I'm enjoying it. being oh, only God. lightly rained on. How about you? <laughs> um, I had I had a question. Um, I recently, um, after trying everything else, was the last thing that. I wanted to do, but I'm 
been taking beta blockers since um, Friday, and um, for very frequent uh, PVCs, and um, so I hadn't been able to get them under control with um, trying just about everything. Um, I tried the motherwort, and um, can you explain to me what a PVC? It's um, it's like a extra heartbeat. It's a premature ventricular contraction. So it's like an it's where your heart is beating too much, and um, and the reason I started taking it was a cardiologist said that I had a slight um, my heart was weakening slightly, and that he was a you know. It, that kind of made me um, decide I I would <clears throat> do it, um, but I don't feel these extra heartbeats. But but I have them, and they're like thirty thousand in one day, which is um, a lot. So I tried Mother Warden, Horsehorn Berry, and um, now it turns out that they're um, counter indications of taking beta blockers. With those herbs, St. John's Wort too. So I feel like the rug on, has been. That's based on what studies that you've looked at. It's based on the um, no, some it, the cardiologist said that they would interact the with. The cardiologist is an experienced herbalist. No, he isn't. He looked it up uh-huh. in some book. I think. He, and, he, and he told you to look at what studies. No, I didn't ask him. Uh-huh. So you're going to take the word of someone who knows nothing about herbs and doesn't offer you any studies or any backup data at no, all. No, no, that's that, why I'm that calling you. you. Them with a beta, that you shouldn't take them with a beta blocker. That's what you're telling no, me. No. You're telling me that you've gotten information from someone who knows nothing about herbs? Yes? Well, all right. And has I, not um, in any way what he's no. saying. I'm telling you, this is absurd. Who else right, would you well, believe who had no experience not, in the field? I'm calling you this because I want He's not an wanted, herbalist, is he? No, I know. So so you don't believe that there is a counter indication um, for taking the, these herbs at the same time? What I would really like let, to do let is let me say this. Let me say this. For two that. years, for two years, while I was traveling, I ask everywhere that I taught, and I teach about six thousand people a year when I travel. Of course, that hasn't right. been so last year, but before that, and I ask everyone, um, what interactions have you seen between drugs and herbs? Mm-hmm. And basically, the answer that I got, and these are from people who run clinics as well as individuals, is there are no interactions between drugs and herbs so long as you use tinctures made with vodka. Mm-hmm. If you're going to take herbs in pills, there are interactions. What about if, it, if it's um, whole grain alcohol? People are on the fence about it. People are on the fence about about, when you say whole grain alcohol. I think what you mean is high-proof alcohol. Mm 
Well, I don't know. It's, in other um, words, you're taking. In other words, you're not making your own tinctures. You're buying them. No, no, I got them from. Um, um, some of them I got from uh, Mountain Rose, and the others were from the. That's what I just Catskill. said. You're not making your own tinctures. No. You are buying. No, not buying them. I ain't. No, I'm buying them. You are buying them. Yes. So I can't. I can't tell you because I don't know um, that clearly. It is true that many people use tinctures made from dried plants and high-proof alcohol, but that definitely makes them more drug-like, and it might mm. be one of the reasons why you didn't get very good results. No, no, I got got the herbs from the um, Catskill, um, this Catskill herbalist that uses vodka. Okay. I thought you just said that you got them from Mountain Rose. I'm sorry I'm being well, confused. Before that, I did, and then then I we discussed it, and then I ordered it from uh, the Catskill Herb Farm. And when I just said that those tinctures are fine with drugs, that wasn't good enough for you? No, no, uh, we didn't discuss that. I'm very that confused. I, I don't know exactly <laughs> what you're asking me or what you're taking, but let me be clear. Herbs in capsules are very drug-like, and they're quite dangerous, and they can have any kinds of interactions with drugs because they are drug-like. In fact, I tell my students, don't ever take herbs in capsules. Mm -hmm. They're the least effective, most dangerous, and most expensive way to use herbs. Every study that's looked at encapsulated herbs has found that the vast majority of herbs that are sold in capsules aren't what's on the label. In fact, some studies find that, especially in Ayurvedic formulas and Chinese formulas, they're adulterated with hormones, antibiotics, amphetamines, and other things that you don't really want to be taking. So let's right. just put a big through any herbal remedy in a capsule. Let's just put a big X through anything in a capsule. I certainly wouldn't take a vitamin or mineral supplement in a capsule. No. So I don't take no. any capsules. All right? The difference between a 198-proof alcohol and a 100-proof alcohol is that the 198-proof alcohol is capable of extracting far more of the poisons from the plant, making it, in some people's minds, a more effective remedy because it's more poisonous. The 100-proof vodka, being half alcohol and half water, extracts not only poisons, which are active ingredients, but it also extracts the key factors in the plant which moderate those poisons and protect us from the bad effects of them. Right. So when we are taking nourishing herbal infusions, herbal honeys, using herbal vinegars, taking tinctures that we've made from dried or fresh plant material and 100-proof vodka, there are, to the best of my knowledge, no interactions with drugs, not even with hypericamin drugs. But as soon as you put it in a capsule, there will be interactions, especially with hypericum. 
Now, why mm. is there an interaction? What is the interaction with hypericum? It's a very interesting interaction. Hypericum causes the liver to work so much better that the drugs are eliminated from the body too quickly. I see. It's not like you take hypericum and the drug and something bad happens to you. The bad thing that happens is that the herb makes you so healthy that your body gets rid of the drug. Oh, okay. I see. Now, if they're depending on that dose of the drug lasting for 12 hours and your liver gets rid of it in eight, then as far as they're concerned, that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm not saying it isn't a bad thing. I'm just saying it's maybe not what you're thinking. Right. I understand. So I... know that Hawthorne is an adaptogen. An adaptogen, by definition, has no lethal dose. Anything that has no lethal dose simply can't interact with the drug. Okay. That would be like saying, is it safe to eat mayonnaise while I'm taking this drug? Mm-hmm. Same thing with your nourishing herbal infusions. Keep drinking your nourishing herbal infusions. It doesn't matter what drugs you're taking. Right. No, I haven't. um, uh, I didn't question that at all about the herbal infusions. Wonderful. Wonderful. How long have you been taking the beta blocker and what results have you seen? Well... I, I um, was feeling um, not so great, and, and maybe t- today I'm getting a little more used to them, but <clears throat> I don't want to stay on them very long. I I want to figure out a way to, um, you know, maybe I'm too anxious. I don't know why the, my heart is doing that, you know, beating so much. Well, you said several times that you tried everything. And I did. Then, and um, so to me, everything would be something from step zero, something from step one, something from step two, something from step three, something from step four. And the things that I heard you mention were steps four and steps five. Well, I don't, this must be, the beta blockers must be step six. No, there's step five, use drugs. Step six is break and enter. Oh. Yeah. That would be implanting a pacemaker. No, I try things like like I'm going to sleep uh, earlier and I'm trying to have regular healthy meals and I'm meditating and doing qigong and getting up in the morning and walking. Yes. Excellent. And I'm trying wonderful, to change wonderful thing about my all reaction. Those things. Whether yeah. or not they or not they cure your problem, they're going to make you healthier. <laughs> you can't lose mm. by doing this thing. I don't it's, think it's so. A, it's an absolute win for you. So, have you done any research yourself on um, this condition or these extra heartbeats? I've done some. Yes. 
Good, because and, I found that the more you understand about it, the easier it is for you to change it. Mm-hmm. There's another thing I didn't mention, that I'm trying to stay off all screens, because the screens, since the pandemic, I've been zooming and and looking on the computer too much and um and as I read in some alternative website that that can affect your heart heart rate it's so worth trying a try. to keeping all the electronic equipment off as much as I can mhm mhm what i suggest if you think that the electromagnetic uh, frequencies are adversely affecting your health, and I actually didn't buy a property, um, although I liked it a lot, but I didn't buy it because there were um, high-tension power lines going through that property. Oh, and right. when I realized that the man of the house had a pace- pacemaker, and the woman of the house had already had two heart attacks, I said, oh, really? Oh, my no, God. You do not want to live here. I mean, the heart is electrical, so certainly electricity can affect it, but... It's all electricity. So what you really need is to have a safe place for yourself, which can be your bedroom, where there is actually a a circuit breaker that you can throw so there's no electricity coming into that room at all. Mm Mm-hmm. Not just the screens. Right. Right. Well, I just have a light in there. But, and that has that's to be into the wall. That's what I'm saying. I that's know. electricity. Yes. And, there, and even if the light is off, the electricity is in the walls. Oh. I, how about you if I unplug the light when I go to sleep? For the room to shut the power off to the room so you have a sanctuary. Okay. That's a good idea. Yeah. There might already be a circuit breaker for that room. I'll have Sometimes to find out. But you know what I, I could do? I could unplug huh? the light from the socket. Unplugging the light and something? turning off the electronics doesn't do much. The electricity is in the walls. Oh. You are surrounded by it. I don't know if you've ever seen a house before the sheetrock has gone up. But first the framing, the two-by-fours go up, and then holes are drilled in the two-by-fours, and the electrical wiring is put in. That's why you can flip a switch and the light comes on, because the electricity is already there in the wall. I see. All right, well, I'm going to look for a circuit break. The only way to not be surrounded by an electrical field is to sleep in a room in which the power to that room has been turned off by way of a circuit breaker or in an older house, a fuse. If you live in a single-family home, there is a circuit breaker box usually located in the basement, but sometimes in a utility room. And usually the circuit breakers are labeled as to what they control. If not, you don't hurt anything if you turn them off and then walk around to see what you turned off. And then you just go back and turn it back on again. Okay. I'm going to try that. So that that. way, if you're 
not labeled, you could find the one that controls your room, and hopefully it doesn't control something else that's important to you. Mm-hmm. But, but in my experience in working with people who are sensitive to electromagnetic frequencies, um, just turning things off and unplugging them is not enough. Okay. All right, I'm going to check on that. I'm going to go in my basement. What about um, drinking a lot of um, oat straw infusion for heart extra heartbeats? I I have a sense here that there's a story and that we're not going to understand what would be helpful until we can hear the story. Oh. And by that I mean that I think of things as just happening out of the blue or out of context or for no reason. Mm-hmm. That if you have extra heartbeats and you don't want those extra heartbeats, that what we need to do is find out what your heart is doing. Your heart has extra beats. What the doctor wants to do is to make your heart behave. (laughs) How well did that work when you were a child? Right. So instead of making your heart behave, I'd rather know what it's getting at. What's what is it? I think what it's, is it it's realizing? What is going on here? What's the story? How can I interact in this story in a way that the story will come out with a happy for me? Right. I think the story is that I make everything into a very big deal and I have to try, I have to um, um, not do that, find a way to relax. I so hear and admire and respect your good intentions. Unfortunately, None of us has ever been successful in making ourselves be the person we think we ought to be. <laughs> right. So what I usually suggest is that you find a way to admire the person you are and to make the best use of her. And let me give you a kind of silly example. I had a princess. And she always talks nosy, you know, it's kind of annoying when people do that. And it, so, I, in one way, you could just say, oh, for goodness sake, just talk normal, can't you? But I thought, work could this really be useful? And I suggested to her that she should do kirtan singing. Om Shanti 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 Om Shanti Shanti. She's the best kirtan singer. She's on the whole album out. Hmm. Instead of trying to wrestle ourselves into shape to be the people we think we ought to be, let's wrestle ourselves into being the people we are creatively. 
So you make a big deal out of things. What's a big deal? A big deal could be a, a painting. A big deal could be a dance. A big deal could be a play. A big deal could be... Um, you get what I'm talking about? I'm, I'm a painter. Make it a big deal. Okay, that's what I want to do. Yeah. But but it, um, I so far <clears throat> have not been able to make it a big deal often enough. So that's what I'm going to work on. Yes, rather than, than trying to be what you, what you envision you should be, be what you are really grandly. You make okay. a big deal out of everything. Go for it. Okay. All right? All right. I'm going to. Good. Thanks for staying in touch and allowing us thank to you. take this journey with you. I really appreciate your call. Well, Great thank blessings. you, Susan. Green blessings. Uh-huh. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, and we have four callers that have pressed one to signal that they would like to speak with you. And our next caller is also calling from the 845 area code. From the 845, you are live with Susan. Hi, Susan. Hi. Hi. Um, I'm calling about eye health. Uh, I went to an ophthalmologist uh, a few times in the last few years and I went because of eye pain and um, they don't see any damage so that's the good news Um, the bad news is um, what they've offered me uh, in step four to use, um, I guess, what you would say, drugs, and I'm not even sure what they are. I'm embarrassed to say, but uh, basic uh, drops for dry eye syndrome. Um, And now they're talking about uh, step five, and I said, no, no, no. Um, They said it can't be reversed. I said, I don't believe that. And I'm pretty much left on my own accord like usual. So I'm calling uh, to see, um, you know, what uh, what I haven't tried that maybe I should look into. But now there's a new condition on top of it, which is the swollen eye um, eyelids. And when I say swollen, I mean so puffy. Um, that it, they start to droop over, uh, oh, you know, the, the swollen starts to droop over the eyelash, blocking my vision. And um, so that condition is believed uh, to be bacterial, and the dry eye is believed to be uh, a malfunction of the tear duct, they say, it's the tear duct is not reversible, but that the eyelid um, is uh, fixable because it's bacteria. 
Uh, I've tried the over-the-counter medicine. Uh, I thought they would give me a prescription, but they said once you start it, you have to be on it for life. I, I don't understand their thinking, but um, I'm getting a test for uh, an immune disorder, which is believed to cause this condition, and also the dry the glands, um, saliva glands in my throat don't appear to be working anymore. And they they say, eh, it could be, you know, it's part of old age, happens a lot to women. It's most likely immune uh, malfunction, um, a disease called Shorns, which is a Swedish uh, word, S-J-O-R, O-G-R-E-N, Shorn's Shorn's disease. And um, they say, uh, I don't understand this immune uh, disorder because I have taken a lot of immune modulators. And um, they say it correlates to hormones in women which I know go up and down, up and down. And I do have periods where it doesn't bother me. And then I have long periods where um, I think it's never going to go away. It literally feels like I've been punched in the eyeballs. One eye is worse than the other. And uh, that's about it <laughs> that, I, that, I, um, that I know. And... Um, Alternative to the eye drops over the counter I was reading for the for the um to try to increase the um the production of the gland from the glands in the eyes and I guess there's three components um there's there's the saline part, and my eyes do tear up a lot because it's trying to clean it, but then there's some kind of uh oil which is in the in the eyelids and so that's probably clogged up and I, I am going to work on the bacterial uh, wiping with things like peppermint. I tried lemon the other day which I thought was daring because you would think oh that's going to burn but it didn't. I didn't put it in my eye just wiping the, the whole entire eye and um, it seems to hurt when my eyes don't have any discharge and when it doesn't hurt, I have massive amounts of discharge. So I'm, I'm really having a hard time believing this clogged theory or the uh, it's not working and it'll never work again. Um, peppermint is um, <clears throat> a solution <clears throat> I was reading to bathe my eyes in. I haven't tried it yet. And um, lavender. And I was reading up about Eyebright a little, but I just don't seem to be satisfied with uh, these um, uh, this this whole idea that the immune uh, system is has to do with the hormones. Can, can can you talk about any of this? Yes, Sjogren's syndrome, dry eye syndrome is considered to be an autoimmune disease. And in general, women tend to have more autoimmune diseases. 
um, when women have make up a greater percentage of people who have a disease since women tend to be more hormonally rich, hormones tend to get blamed whether or not hormones have ever actually independently been shown to have any effect on the syndrome or not. So let me ask you a few things. Can you uh, tell me a little bit about your diet now and your diet over the past 10 years? Okay, um, I've always had an excellent diet, and then I started having problems with my digestive system. That's when I originally started calling you a few years ago. I'm still working on um, that, and um, but uh, they, uh, I, I have um, a an intolerance to certain grains and so avoiding them seems to help a lot. I'm still tweaking my diet and I'm I'm starting to add back in things I'm starting to add things back in with great success very slowly. I just was able to uh tolerate onions again. Um but um I'm trying to, I'm getting more fiber, and but I'm a little bit, um, and I'm doing the herbal infusions, although I have to admit that uh, there are many uh, periods of, of time that I go without just because I don't feel good, and I, I'm, I'm getting very depressed from it all, um, and uh, I'm very isolated, uh, more than I care to be. And um but my diet, um, I would say uh be- besides the intolerance, um uh So uh, approximately how many times a week do you eat leafy greens? Well, I used to eat them every day. Um, I'm going to have to start processing them uh, uh, in the raw state in a food processor because I'm having terrible tooth decay and I've been getting my teeth pulled out. So I don't have any opposing molars to chew anymore. And um, I am hesitant to just have get you them all the, ripped have out. You in the past, have you in the past eaten um, your greens raw mostly? Uh, just just the um lettuce and and uh you know wild sp- wild you know mix spring stuff so I'm, uh, I'm so you would be talking about blending up your cooked greens then rather than raw greens no because if i cook them they're so soft that uh i i i don't really need much chewing but i I, That's I, what I, I thought. And so the cooked uh, greens, the cooked greens provide you with nourishment, and the raw ones don't provide you with anything. Right. So I'm trying. I'm. I've been increasing more cooked greens, and I do thank you so so much for uh, yeah. convincing me to do to, to do the well 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 cooked, and they do taste so much better too. So much I, better. I really. And the reason could the reason that I'm asking more. is that. 
the cooked greens and tomato sauce and sweet potatoes and winter squash um, are the foods that are most known for helping the eyes. Oh, winter squash. Chickweed. Chickweed can be brewed and used as an infusion, and it is perhaps the most lubricating of all of the herbs. So in terms of um, finding an herb that would be especially helpful to your eyes, I would think chickweed infusion has a lot going for it. Oh, well, um, I used to have a large patch, and then my neighbors... uh, You can't make an infusion fresh plants, you need to get oh, it dry. To dry? Oh, great, great, Infusion great. can only so be made easier. from dried plants. It's oh, not infusion, right. infusion made from fresh plants. Well, it's funny you say that because the last tincture I bought on a whim was called uh-huh. I wasn't Dottie. talking about a tincture. I was talking about an infusion. But I haven't ever tried chickweed infusion, but I did try it once in the tincture, and I uh-huh. felt marvelous. And then it went out, and I haven't, you know, I usually make my own, but I haven't been able to do anything this year. So I understand. <laughs> um, so I'll have to buy it, and, um, uh, you know, I'd rather hurt my wallet than my body, if you know what I'm saying. Sure. I'd give up I, a lot of absolutely nothing. absolutely nothing wrong with buying it. I'm suggesting that you might want to buy some dried chickweed and make some chickweed infusion, weighing out one ounce of chickweed into a quart jar and filling it to the top of boiling water. Yes, I know how to make it. Now, I I ordered for Mountain Rose quite a few times, and I got some bad... uh, Well, I hope you you told them that and returned those products. It's very important that we do that. Um, I'm sure that had they known that, they wouldn't have sent them out, and so they'd be very happy to have you return them so that they don't send them out to other people. Yes, but they're hard to get through to, and their uh, delivery has been so slow. Is there uh, another? I've I've heard you speak of it. It's not their delivery, of course. It is the the delivery services. I list um, half a dozen different places in my book. Frontier Herb is a place that I have bought herb from for a very long time, and I like them a lot. Um, But as I say, in my books, you'll find a a long list of different places with contact information for all of them. And yes, you know, I would say that the one uh, place that uh, T. Rump uh, really managed to do harm to my life was in harming the post office. Hmm. Huh. And it's been a, a very difficult thing. I used to really uh, crow and, and say, wow, you know, I live in a country with the best mail system in the world, the most dependable mail system. And, you know, T. Rump just really made a big mess of it. I can hardly depend on the post office anymore. So I, I hear you about your disgruntlement 
about delivery service, and everyone feels that disgruntlement about delivery sure. service. And, uh, we wish um, that it wasn't that way, and we're all seeking alternatives, but it's going to take us a while. Um, I have student after student that I've sent things to that just don't get it. Uh-huh. And some, some two I spend, send two and three times, and they still don't get it. It's really distressing to all of us. I really hear you. Yeah. 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 I'll try. I'll I'll try Frontier. See if it can be a little quicker because the other company's way out in Oregon, so that's partially the Frontier's in Iowa. Takes. Okay. Okay. Well, I will try um, the chickweed. But yeah. Chickweed. Um, I'm sorry. Chickweed. Chickweed infusion has saponins which are very helpful in lubricating surfaces. And I have seen uh, women with Sjogren's Syndrome have very good success uh, with it, and I think that you are right to question what they're telling you. Um, I have not seen that to be absolutely true. Uh, That's not to say that it can't sometimes be true or that it isn't true for some people. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's not absolutely true for every single person, and it doesn't sound like you want it to be for you. No. And that's a good start. Okay. That's a very okay. good start. So, okay, um, I'll, I'll work with that. The other thing that I think about is comfrey leaf infusion. And any time I want more lubrication, any time I want more flexibility, any time I want the tissues to be softer and more available, I think comfort. And in the situations where I want more comfort and need more comfort, I might do like chickweed infusion one day and then comfrey infusion and then nettle infusion and then chickweed and then comfrey and then oat straw and then chickweed and then comfrey and red clover so that I'm getting a lot more chickweed and a lot more comfrey than the other infusions and that's okay. Yeah, did you say you could, it was actually okay to drink a cup of comfrey every day? Because I haven't tried that yet but I'm thinking about it for a little while just to see. Well, what I said was that my sweetheart has been drinking nourishing herbal infusions for over 30 years. And if you rotate through five infusions, which is what we do, then yeah. in 30 days you would six quarts. So in 12 months, that would be 72 quarts or approximately 10 gallons of comfrey leaf infusion he's been drinking every year for the past 30 years. And his liver function test, uh, the doctors say his liver is functioning as well as a liver 10 years, years younger. And did he have liver problems? No. He has a liver function test because he is taking some drugs um, for other reasons, which are well, working is- for him, but they want to monitor his liver while he's doing that. And, yes, he's continuing to drink comfrey and as I said, you know, the reason that he had um, these was for altogether other reasons, but surely if there had been damage from the country, we would have seen it on these tests, and we don't, we see no damage at all. Um, that's, I'm not sure what your hesitation the, with is, but that's what people's oh. usual hesitation is, that they have heard that comfrey is somehow bad for your liver. Yeah, but I, I have, have seen I no have, evidence of that. 
I have the Comfrey, and it's the least uh, one I do use. So I'm just thinking, you know, I'll, I could just have like a cup every day while I'm doing the rotation with the others. But my you liver. You could have a cup every day. That's excellent. Great idea. My yes. liver started um, uh, showing a, a little touch of, of, of fatty, and I asked for it to be tested again, and, and they wouldn't give me the order, so maybe I need a, a, a better doctor or, or something. But they, the other thing about this dry eye, which they, that I read, very interesting, I've been on acetaminophene too long, and they said it could be a toxicity from that. So I've been experimenting not taking it. And seeing what happened, but I don't, I don't see any correlation. If I don't take it, um, you know, I feel the eye pain. So I'm going to try what you um, said in the beginning of the show for and the you've pain. you've been taking the, medicine to deal with some other pain. Yes, I have chronic pain from an accident. Uh, I have a spinal cord injury and joint um, uh, degeneration and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing much better since I've been doing The comfrey is really helpful for all of that. Yes, the comfrey is wonderfully helpful for all of those things you just mentioned. Okay, thank you for uh, the great uh, comforting thought and not to be afraid. That's a terrible place to be. Thank you. It is. You're welcome. Green blessings. Good night. Green blessings. All right. Our next caller is calling in from the 907 area code. From the 907, you are live with Susan. Hey, Susan. Hi. Hi. Um, I called you, I guess, a few months ago about the uh, my problem with smelling from COVID. Yes. Oh, okay. I have something interesting to tell you concerning this I'm still dealing with it um, I could smell yarrow roses make me sick <laughs> I can't deal with uh, store-bought yogurt but when I go into the cheese shop where they have homemade cheeses I can taste it now mm. I've met 20 people We've all had the COVID, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that serious. But we all have the problem with smelling. And I met one one young man, he had it, and he has a revulsion now to junk food and soda. <laughs> I mean, this is bizarre. Is this, it's like intuitive is something metaphysical going on with this it's just i mean i can smell some things like other cucumbers like i'll eat it but it's maybe it's not the right thing for me it's i i find cucumbers repulsive now it's very bizarre I, i i have you heard any other people talk about this not about this specific thing, but certainly about a variety of strange things that happen to them after having COVID, especially if they had a mild case. Really? Yes. Like what? I don't know what <laughs> calling it now, but a 
few months ago, they were calling it long haulers. In other words, people who had a mild case of COVID, but now in the long haul are having real problems. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, thing I'm having is with the smell. Other than that, I'm normal. Wonderful. <laughs> I'm outside every day in the dirt. I mean, can't so smell right. my own stink. I mean, hey, life Yay. is good. <laughs> One thing that I would keep an eye on if I had had COVID um, is that it does tend, even in mild cases, to predispose one to heart disease. So just keep an eye on what's going on and keep your heart healthy. Okay. Hawthorne. Hawthorne, uh, that's that. absolutely perfect choice. What about hibiscus? Hibiscus is lovely for the heart. Marvelous plant. I like it a lot. Do you drink it as, like, make a tea? Or an we infusion? Make an infusion of hibiscus, but we do dilute it down when we drink it. Usually by about half. So it's not oh, okay. quite so sad. Okay. And let's see what else. Oh, motherwort. I've got that. That's one. Um, yeah. It's a good one. Yeah, I have a lot of heart heart stuff. Yeah. And that's, you know, just see to it that your heart is, stays healthy. Yes. It will thank you. Yes. <laughs> And I'll thank everyone else. I'll thank everyone else. Yes, of course. <laughs> okay, Susan, I just wanted to give an update about the uh, smell thing. I think that what you're saying in general is that there is modest improvement and that I think that you will probably continue to see modest improvement for a while until you actually one day say, oh, gee golly, I guess I really am smelling and tasting things again. Right, right. Okay, thank you, Susan. You're welcome. Green blessings. Bye-bye. Green blessings. Bye. All right. Uh, We have two callers that have pressed one to let us know that they have a question for you. And I'd like to remind everyone listening, if you have a question for Susan, please do press 1 to get yourself in the queue. Our next caller is calling from the 313 area code. From the 313, you are live with Susan. Hi, Susan. This is Kinga. Hi. How are you tonight? I'm okay. Thank you. It's good to hear your voice. And yours, too. Thank you. Um, I have a, I'd like to talk to you about pokeweed. Buckwheat? Po- pokeweed. Oh, pokeweed. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, poke. Um, yeah, and um, you were just talking to someone about long haul, and I'm, um, that is what I'm dealing with. Um, and uh, I have been sick for a long, actually, I'm, I don't consider myself sick now, but um, I was sick uh, for a long time, and then now what is the remained of that is um, 
basically chronic fatigue is what I could call it. And um, I've been taking pokeweed. Um, started out with, uh, I made the tincture myself from this beautiful plant in my garden and with the vodka. And I started out with one drop and increased it by a drop every day until I got to eight drops, which is where I stopped because I felt a little funny in my <clears throat> in my um, belly. And um, so I've been doing that, taking eight drops a day for quite a while. I started in February and uh, I took a break for a few weeks when I got my COVID vaccines and I started back up. And I'm just wondering if you have any um, advice on when to stop or to change this course. And you're taking the poke too? Uh, I'm taking for couple reasons. One, because what I know of uh, about it is, um, or what I've heard about it is that it's um, to help with places where um, where where we won't get better the way you know all the way better. Where so I'm I'm just not feeling like I'm you know I'm I'm just not where I used to be and I'm hoping that I can get to where I used to be as far as energy level and as far as um, basically energy level, you know, like my life is just completely different. Then you would stop taking it when you're there. I'm sorry, say it again. Then you would stop taking it then. Mm, Okay, but it's okay to take it for a long, I guess that's the question, how long is it okay to take poke? I don't have any evidence that taking a plant for long periods of time is usually a problem. Okay. People tend to drink coffee on a daily basis for decades. Is that correct? Oh, yeah, sure. I just think of poked in the James Duke of- used to compare... Any herb, when people were asking about the toxicity of any herb, he would always say, on the coffee index, it is. Mm. So I would say that it is at least as safe to take poke on a daily basis as it is to drink coffee on a daily basis. Wow, that's interesting. Okay, great. Would uh, would you, uh, if it were you taking it, would you... Um, do anything about like would you recommend that I play with the dose at all or just stay with what I've had is there any thought behind that should I try to increase by a drop I I am a little uncertain as to what you're actually doing but I don't want Mm -hmm. to interfere with that Mm -hmm. well I'm taking eight drafts a day and I have been for for a long time What you say you're doing is that you're taking it to get all the way well. Now, I've never heard of poke being used that way. (laughs) Okay. Um, I guess I've also taken it because... That's what um, I'm saying. I'm I'm unclear as to what you really are doing with the poke, but I'm not going to get in the way of your doing it. (laughs) Okay. Okay. It's not anything that I relate to poke doing. Okay. What about poke supporting the lymphatic system? Is that 
Hope right. is heavy-duty medicine. It's right. not supportive. It's not nourishing. It's not tonifying. Mm. It's a kick in the butt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's I've heard that, and that's why I'm wondering like, why am I taking it for so long? Is, yeah, astragalus is nourishing. Elderberry right. is nourishing. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of herbs that help the immune system. Poke is not one. Okay. Maybe I'm done. I'm wondering. Mm-hmm. Could be. Yeah. I am taking astragalus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that answers my poke question. Um, may I it's... ask you another small question? about Sarah um, Owen, how many people are waiting? There are two additional callers on the line. Yes, you can ask me another question. Thank you. Um, I've heard you say uh, before that you don't that you want to make sure you harvest your nettles before they go to flower. And will you tell me why? And is it bad to harvest it when it's in flower? The only reports of anyone having any difficulty of any kind with nettle have been people who have harvested nettle in flour and eaten it, and those people generally have urtication all over their entire bodies, which is a red, itchy rash that can go on for several days. So if you're willing to risk it, go for it. I see. Okay, (laughs) okay, okay. And... um. Okay, so then I guess I realize I have a comfrey question as well. Do we have time for that? Sure. Okay, thank you. So I also heard you, I believe I heard you say that um, that comfrey is uh, okay to use as long as you propagate it by the root, from the root and not from seed, if I remember yes. correctly. I just wanted to yes. clarify that because I have comfrey all over in my garden, but I, I didn't plant it. Who did? Who planted the comfrey? Um, Who planted the comfrey? Well, comfrey planted the comfrey, I think. (laughs) I think it just made its way over from across the street. And, uh, you know, so, uh, but but I'm not sure if the seed was blown or if it could have been from equipment. I live in a neighborhood where uh, there's a lot of moving compost and soil and um, there's a bucket involved. Okay. First of Mm -hmm. all, comfrey seed does not blow. It drops. Okay. And if mm-hmm. equipment is used in both gardens, absolutely the tiniest bit of comfrey root will give rise to a whole new plant. Right. That's what I figured is that it came from across the street. But I guess, yeah, so I guess I'm wondering, A, should I... It didn't come from across the street. It came from equipment that yes. was used across, used near comfrey. Yes. Like a, a trowel or a, a shovel mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. That's what you mean, right? Yes. Yes, or a hoe or something that could have comfrey stuck to it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And your comfrey, when it flowers, is about how tall? Oh, let's see. About maybe two feet tall, about. Like, it could be a little smaller. And sometimes it's a little bigger, depending on where she's at, I guess. That does not sound good to me. Hmm. In general, the my understanding is that the safer comfreys are 
tall ones. Okay. So that said, David Hoffman, um, I was listening to David Hoffman talking about Is Comfrey Safe? And he says that actually nobody has really established that there's any dangerous level of Comfrey of any kind. And nobody has established, in fact, that the pyrolyzodines in either uh, the tall Comfrey or the shorter Comfrey um, can be in any way effective um, in humans. And he kind of um, poo-poos the whole idea um, that anybody should worry about Comfrey. Mm-hmm. In the least, no matter what kind it is, mm-hmm. and um, that he believes that it's pretty difficult to tell them apart, and that they crossbreed pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that said, now that we've tried to figure out which one it is, yeah. it may make no difference. Right. Okay. All right, I there I go with the scissors. Oh, because I do know <laughs> that the one that I grow in my garden is tall. I know it's a cultivar. I know it was developed by Henry Doubleday Jr. specifically to be safe to eat. Mm. And um, I know that what I buy from Frontier and have been buying from Frontier for a great many years is safe. Um, whatever it is in their bag, even though it says, don't use this internally, I do anyhow. Right. And um, other than that, um, my fantasy would be to have a comfrey conference Mm. and get a bunch of people together to talk about uh, both their experiences with comfrey and any evidence we have of any kind of any dangers in comfrey. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. Well, and one way you can tell if it is the wilder comfrey is that it does set seeds because the hybrids that Henry Doubleday developed are hybrids and they don't set seed. So if you don't work around the comfrey in your garden and you know that you have not disturbed the root and yet there are more comfrey plants then that is good evidence that it is setting seed or if you actually see it setting seed mm-hmm. then you would know that it is the wilder kind the kind that might have more of alkaloids that might be problematic or mm-hmm. not depending on who you're listening to yeah <laughs> just like everything else <laughs> just like everything so uncertain Okay, well, thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. Green blessings. Good night. Green blessings. Good night. All right. There are now three listeners that have raised their hands with questions. Our next caller is calling from the 850 area code. From the 850, you are live with Susan. Susan, it's Elaine Konigsberg. It's so good to hear your voice. Lane, oh my goodness, how wonderful to hear from you. I just got all serious. Like, yeah, I just, I feel like it's, I know it's been like decades, and I get wonderful holiday sparkly things that fall out of envelopes. And, you know, Wan Che, I talked to her recently, and it's just wonderful to hear your voice. And I've 
I feel like I've lost my way recently. And over four decades ago, I attribute still being alive to you and what you told me about having hep C way back then. And uh, you said your body is friendly with viruses and it's friendly with that virus. And, you know, I just, I made friends in that moment with hep C and it just really served me well, that wisdom. So I thank you for that. <laughs> again and you again. You are welcome. <laughs> You're very, very welcome. And so here you are right now. Here I am. Here I am. And and it's like things have crept up and the most presenting and problematic thing that I have going on, and I just want to unravel it because I've always felt like, well, I've eaten well, but I started – I guess it was around, you know, menopause. I had never, never, or maybe once in my life had a UTI and started getting them. And um, I could back them off with Uva Ursa and it, it worked for a considerable amount of time. And then they started just being raging and I started taking antibiotics. And I feel like, I, I not feel like I have been in this cycle of, you know, at first it was just mild ones, and I'm becoming really um, resistant. And, you know, I'll try things in the beginning, like in your books you said, you know, just do a whole lot of echinacea, and, you know, I'll do that for days, like massive amounts of tincture and just nothing, you know, just raging. And then I'm afraid I'm going to blow out my kidneys and end up doing the antibiotics. So... I appear to be clear now. And I wanted to get, number one, your wisdom around feeling around biofilm because it feels like there's nothing that I'm doing that's bringing them on. You know, I'm so fastidious. I'm really careful. I know, you know, what foods I'm sensitive with. And um, so it almost feels like it's inside and then, you know, the bacteria and then something sets it off and it's just, it's like raging almost from the beginning. One of the things that I find is that just like with antibiotics, that some antibiotics appear to be more effective against certain kinds of bacteria. Certain herbs can be effective or less effective against certain bacteria. So when you're saying that the echinacea doesn't work, to me, that would be an indication to try yarrow or to try uva ursi or to get in faster. Yes, yes. Uh, and Uva Ursi, um, I was doing that, and it, a friend, an acupuncturist had told me that she had a friend who did too much of it and it messed up his kidneys, and I think I got just, lost my way in that, so I would love to know, like, and the And so dose. this is a validated case where we know that Uber Ursi messed up his kidneys. You know this for a fact. 
you know, that's what she told me, and it just, you know, it planted And how does she know this? She's an acupuncturist, and I don't know that she treated it. How does she know that? How does she know that it was Uva Ursi that messed up his kidneys, and what does that mean? Right, and what she did... I do not see felt, any reason at all that Uva Ursi taken in any quantity could mess up anybody's kidneys. Well, I, I love hearing that because I really, I trust it, and I feel like it is the you Earth. you go online? Did you look for PubMed results on Uva Ursi? And what, mess, what does that mean to mess up your kidneys? Really, yeah, what I've, does that mean? Yeah, I... Did it destroy his kidney function? Did he need a kidney transplant? Did he start peeing a lot? What do we mean, mess up? uh, Well, he ended up with dialysis. I know that. And, I, you know, like I said, I don't know. Not inversely. Not inversely. Absolutely not. There is no herb capable of putting somebody on dialysis. Now, if he was using while he was trying to pass a kidney stone, and he didn't pass that stone, and he got stuck in the ureter and made all the fluid back up in his kidney. That destroyed his kidney, but it wasn't Uva Ursi that did it, was it? Right, no. No. And he wasn't taking it for a bladder infection, was he? Uh, that I don't know. I don't remember. Oh, well, that would be germane. Find out. Yeah. Yeah. And how was he taking it? Was he taking capsules? Yeah, well, it, it's neither here yes, nor there. Taking capsules, all bets are off if you take an herb in capsule form. Yeah, and I heard you all say that at the beginning. I, I, will throw, I will throw any capsules that I have away right now. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Bomb. Done. <laughs> Done. Right, Uva Ursi infusion, Uva Ursi tincture, Uva Ursi tea. Cranberry juice, yarrow tincture. I do D-mannose and um, inulin, which I've been doing that for a while, and that does seem to to help. Um, as far as the Uva Ursi, if I was doing infusions, and is there, can I use it just on a regular basis, or should I just? I know that it isn't a nurse. Usually. Just, it's not. No, I usually use it just as needed. It's as needed. Lo- okay. has no protein and it's fairly astringent, so you can have a quart of Uva Ursi infusion on hand, so that as yeah. soon as you start to feel that whatever it is that you get as your first sensation, you can start taking sips of the Uva Ursi. You don't want to be drinking. You don't want to be chugging it down. Yeah. Right? Put it in like an open glass in the refrigerator, so you can just take a sip or two. Yeah. Okay. And do that throughout the day. And um, what about nourishment, um, just, you know, for on a regular uh, basis? Just because, you know, it's like my whole bladder and, I mean, it just everything feels tender. One of the things that many women find postmenopausally is that they have a much greater need for meat in their diet. Mm-hmm. Meat fat mobilizes minerals and helps to make more hormones. Yeah, I eat um, grass-fed beef and um, 
And then were you saying that to cook most vegetables? Because, I mean, I eat a lot of raw raw greens. You might as well sleep on them for all you're getting from them. Wow. If you haven't already watched it, watch the Raw versus Cooked debate on YouTube. There is no nourishment available from any raw plant, and nothing on this planet eats raw plants. All right. Well. Except for a few misguided human beings. Well, that would be me. (laughs) I've just always loved salads, but I do cook. You know, I I cook kale and greens and uh, and how long do you cook your kale? Um, I just lightly cook it. I that's not cooked. That doesn't count. If your kale isn't cooked for at least an hour, it's not cooked. Oh wow! Most vegetables need to be cooked for an hour. Okay. Well, that's going to change my digestion. If you want to get nutrition from them, but if you have the money to enjoy the textures and colors of vegetables and get nothing from them, I wouldn't want to interfere with your pleasure. Just understand that you're not getting any nourishment. Well, I called for your interference, my dear. Okay. Which I don't feel like it's not at all. Cook those vegetables. (laughs) The hell out of them. I am on it. Well, actually, I don't think there's any hell in them. And I certainly Mm -hmm. don't think that cooking cooks anything out of them. I think that that's kind of a misinformation piece that's been passed around. The longer that you cook a leafy green, the more minerals you get and the more carotenes you get. Mm. All right. Well, it's sounding sounding good. And, you know, yeah. I, I love it. So we cook our carrots yeah. for an hour. After an hour, our carrots are whole, intact, and they have texture. Because, mm-hmm. oh, you cook yeah. it to be mush. It does not become mush. No, uh-uh. no, I cook, I cook carrots and all root vegetables for forty-five minutes to an hour. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So I'll throw, I'll uh, greens in go, go with your greens. <laughs> for the green witches, I served watermelon soup, which is marinated watermelon. It's watermelon mm-hmm. and cucumber slices marinated overnight in mint vinegar and olive oil. Just a touch of salt. And the liquid in the watermelon soup is the color of tomato sauce. There's so much carotenes that it's taken from the watermelon and put into solution, into a fat solution where your body can actually use it. Mmm, that sounds delicious with the mint. And, you know, raw watermelon is a pleasure, but you don't get anything from it. Mm Mm-hmm. You don't get those carotenes. Those carotenes are just passed right out of your body. And insofar as you want to, like, check up on what's happening with carotenes, when you just steam that kale lightly, then you're going to notice that your feces is green from undigested kale. When you start really cooking it, notice that your feces is brown because the carotenes have been taken out. Maybe I won't be so constipated. Maybe I'll just be here on my... I said maybe I won't be constipated anymore if I eat them cooked instead of raw. Yeah. 
Well, I will do that. I mean, I just, I really, really want to get my body strong and able to, you know, fight this. It's just not fight it, but just let, let my body be and let it heal itself. I'm just really tired of this cycle. It's not I good. hear you. And the other thing that I think of is menopause is hard on the liver. And the liver is responsible for dealing with a great load of hormones made during menopause. And attention to the liver, especially dandelion root, is always useful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and I'm, I'm long past menopause now. I'm 67 now. So, but, um, you know, that's when the whole cycle of UTI started and doesn't want to seem right. to stop. That's why, that's why I'm saying maybe, maybe some liver support at this point is not out of the question. I will definitely add that as well. Even though menopause was a long time ago. Yeah. 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 Well, I so appreciate your time and your wisdom, and it's wonderful to hear your voice. Yours too, Elaine. Thanks for calling. Green blessings. Thank you. Bye-bye. Green blessings. All right. There's just about a little more than four minutes before our guest is scheduled. She is on the line. We do also have one caller with a question. Which way would you like to go? Well, let's see if I can help this caller in a few minutes. All right. From the 516 area code, you are live with Susan from the 516. Hi, Susan. It's Kimberly. How are you? Hey, Kimberly Crayle. <laughs> I've been sending you hugs and kisses every day. Love you. Miss I've, you. I was so um, jealous. I want to get to Green Goddess one of these days. But anyway, I have two quickies. Um, my mother also had this condition, moles underneath your breasts. Um, and then the other question I have is protruding leg veins. Protruding leg veins, check out the information in down there about hemorrhoids because protruding leg veins and hemorrhoids basically are related. And so all of that information can be useful. And skin tags, moles, that kind of thing. Celandine is often a help. I know you're in Florida and that celandine does not grow in Florida. And Wrong. so that, that there is less. You're kidding. All right. Well, how perfect then. <laughs> Pampering them. <laughs> you clever girl, you. <laughs> I've got them in, the, in this, these little planter pots and, and I've got a, an umbrella and I keep and I keep moving them, like, during the day. Oh, so yay. Get, like, fried. <laughs> oh. I'm like, come on, babies, you can do it. And then there's some you animal that wants, to, wants to dig them up. And I'm like, no, no, please. Leave them. <laughs> oh, big hug, sweetheart. I've been thinking about you, Love too. Love to so. you. Yeah. And kisses. I'm excited Bye-bye. about your guest tonight. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> And my guest tonight is Marilyn Harper, the Midwestern Spiritual Spark Plug, or the 
Bette Midler of the mystical movement. Marilyn Harper is a renowned public speaker, facilitator, spiritual teacher, and channel. She's invited back again and again as a featured speaker at conferences, retreats, and workshops for her warm, authentic, offbeat stories of personal transformation delivered in a way that's hilarious, heartfelt, and inspiring. Marilyn Harper is an internationally recognized expert on the walk-in phenomena and the creator of Holographic Healing, a five-part certification course. She is a Reiki master, a Karuna master, a certified pink potentials trainer, certified intuitive consultant, and quantum touch practitioner. In her work as a speaker, facilitator, and healer, Marilyn's goal is to provide fun experiences and practical methods to help people laugh, love, and live the life they are here to live. Enjoy, peace, love, and laughter. She travels often with Lee Carroll, the original channel for Cryon. Through Marilyn, the spokesbeing for the 17th dimension and funny message to open your heart for healing. She says, our purpose to remind you what it feels like to be held in unconditional love and gently assist in healing the heart for the betterment of humanity. Welcome to the show, Marilyn. Hello. I am so thrilled to be here. I have been listening to you, and you know your stuff, Susan. I have to say, it has been great to hear you. Thank you for having me on as your guest. You are so welcome. Uh, Everyone is just totally delighted that you are here tonight and um, are just eager to hear everything that you have to say. I especially uh, wanted to get in on uh, one of those authentic offbeat stories of personal transformation that are hilarious and inspiring. <laughs> well, you know, after listening to you read my talk about my introduction, I think I need to edit that down. That's way too long. <laughs> and, you know... <laughs> You know, it's so it's so fascinating, isn't it, when we go through our our transformation, when we have our awakening and that sets us on our path. And I have I mean, I came from the most traditional background ever. I mean, to me the things that came out of the garden were worms, corn on the cob, you know, and strawberries and and I ate them all. Uh, and it's so it's so refreshing to hear you uh, communicate so candidly about the herbs that we grow. I've learned quite a bit from you in listening to you tonight. <laughs> Thank you. What an uh, open attitude you have. I'm quite thrilled. So I, I'm sure that everybody is curious uh, to know, well, did you, like, grow up in a family that said, oh, you know, you're an intuitive and supported it? Or um, as a child, did you find your ability thwarted? <laughs> I, I don't think they even had the word intuitive in their vocabulary. 
you know, it was, uh, I grew up in a, a very church-going family. We were in church every Sunday, no matter what, even after an all-night prom party. Um, and uh, we were in church every Wednesday night, and uh, it was um, Disciples of Christ, or Christian church. And, you know, when all this happened, uh, I was I was deacon in the Christian church. I was... You know, I, I was, I remember my third grade, uh, third or fifth, my fifth grade Sunday school teacher when I told her about the dreams that I was having and that they would come true then, she told me that I was a witch. And I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, to tell a little fifth grader that she's a witch uh, is when we all knew at that point what witches were like, I didn't. I, it frightened me, and so I think I turned that energy off, even though I, I had the ability to, to you know, hold seances and be a medium at that time. And in college, I will always remember uh, I was at the laundromat one time, and I was just doing my laundry, and this again, I was very steeped in in uh, the church, and. This woman came up to me, and she had hair piled up on top of her head, and had this big stone in her, in her above her third eye in her hair. And she came up to me and said, "You're a medium. You need to come to our ceremony tonight in our witch's coven." And I'm like, "Uh, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh I don't think so, <laughs> you know." And uh, it was, you know, things like that 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 really. Um, uh, had me going about my intuitive abilities and the knowledge that I had. And and it wasn't really until the 90s, the 1990s, when I woke up that that I uh, embraced the alternative healing and embraced uh, some herbs, although I don't know a lot about them. I mean, Susan, you are, you just astounded me with your, information i have a friend that we will walk through the the you know the woods or something and she'd say oh well now that's comfrey and that's this and that's this and you can use that and here rub this on your teeth when they get sore or things like that and i'm like how do you even know this and i think i think it comes from being from the earth or or being so connected to the earth and i i don't think i have been <laughs> I think that, well, you know, that I've been. Too- you know, I was I was thinking when this spent four days with this lovely group of women, and I saw what happened as they were shown how to provide their own food and medicine from the earth, and it happened mm-hmm. very very quickly. And I realized that we're entitled to good food and good medicine from the earth, and that most of us, as you're saying, have been disconnected from that, and that leaves us very anxious. Yes, absolutely. But I I think there's a similar thing that we are also um, given a guidance and that most of us are cut off from that guidance. And we're cut off in many of the ways that you're talking about by our environment and uh, the adults around us. You had both a powerful gift and an inner persistence that allowed you to carry this forward even when others around you were saying 
that it was scary or that you shouldn't do it. And even though you said you turned it off, obviously. Um, Next. Yeah, I lost you for a minute, so I just heard obviously. Obviously, you didn't really turn it completely off. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I think. Uh, when after my uh, walk-in experience, or my I call it my transformational awakening, um, I you know I really volunteered and asked to be all that I am, and I I connected to the gifts that were mine initially, and according to Cryon, a walk-in is is really a soul that is is your own soul, but it may be a few generations in the future, more advanced. And so that was bringing me back to my roots, bringing me into my own gifts again. And um, it was, it was quite, quite profound when I realized I had the ability to actually see or, or sense into the physical body and sort of see or sense what was the blockage for, um, uh, you know, imbalance or pain or, or you know, like the, the lady that you talked, I can't remember her name, I should have written it down, that had the dry eye. Um, you know, uh, I know someone else that had, the, had a dry eye and the doctor said, oh, well, you're going to be on this prescription for the rest of your life. And she's like, no. And uh, she realized that it was connected to gluten and wheat. Um, you know, when she stopped that, she her eyes began to you know moisten up again. So it's it's really odd how how our bodies respond, and we're all such miracles uh, walking around in this human form that we're all so different. I mean, how our bodies respond to food and what nature gives us and and the responses of that is is just profound and we each have our part to play wouldn't you say we each have a starring role to play in fact <laughs> every single one of us is needed here to do our part to keep the whole show going the way it needs to go. So, yes. did, did we get one of those hilarious personal stories of transformation yet? <laughs> well, I don't know how hilarious they are. It, it, it's really odd when you open up your closet and you realize that, that you really can't wear anything that's in there because they're all, everything was red and black and and then you um, um, uh, you go for pastels all of a sudden, you know. Uh, I think that whenever I, I connect with people in their energy, uh, I, you know, when I first started connecting, I had um, uh, the information that that there, this woman had ropes in her stomach and it's like I know that that is not possible but she had an eating disorder and couldn't couldn't really eat in front of people and um, of course 
when we saw the ropes and we took it into the caution, it's not really a hilarious story, but just to think of someone that has no concept of this, me, I had no concept of this, no idea, and all of a sudden when I'm doing a Reiki session, I see these ropes inside of this woman's stomach. Um, it's like, how can that possibly be? Anyway, we, you know, untied the ropes ourselves, and she had helped us untie them, and we realized that the her eating problem was stemmed from her family, uh, as you can well easily guess. But, um, <laughs> you know, it, within that, it, it, I don't, I'm not sure what hilarious stories <laughs> I, I could possibly tell. Uh-huh. <laughs> when, I, when I when I started when I started channeling, I, I, I the first time I was um, connected by one of the ascended masters, uh, I was doing a Reiki session. I'd become a Reiki two level, I think, by that point. And and Serapis Bay, who I had never heard of and had no idea who he was, came into my mind and said that I wanted to. He wanted to speak with the person on the table and wanted to use me as a channel and I'm like not on your life I've seen the exorcist I knew what could happen and I was like no I can't do that and we argued I mean you know who argues with an ascended master I mean (laughs) but I didn't know that that's what they were I didn't even had never heard of ascended masters at that time and you know it's just it's just in that awakening, you know, when I started channeling, <laughs> again, it was so totally foreign to me that um, that I, I, I didn't even hardly know how it was possible uh, to have my own conscious self step aside and this this being that had a really thick accent that, that was all-encompassing come in and talk for hours to a group of people and tell them things that would change their life forever and I would have no conscious recollection of it. I would I would not know have any memory of it. I'm a trance channel. And and you know, through that whole process it is um uh, kind of bizarre to think of. I mean imagine imagine sitting and feeling like you're sitting beside yourself, you can see your physical body. I always thought that I should do a comedy routine on sitting in the bottom of a channel when I I hear Adiranda at the moment, and and they are you know telling some some man that his wife is is you know not being faithful. It's like, do you see how big that guy is? Are you sure you want to give him that information? You know. It's to me. Uh, it, it's kind of an, an it was kind of an alarming thing in the very beginning, and um, I, uh, I I don't know how it 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 happens. I, I although I teach it now, so so I do know how it happens, and I do know how to develop those skills. But I think in the human body, as you well know, that intuition plays such an amazing role. I mean, when I first started, I did not channel. I called it oversoul to oversoul communication. And, you know, I was doing a session with someone and she asked about her mother and I thought, I don't know how to connect with your mother. So I just, I just heard 
you know, ask the name and the birth date. So I asked that and she said her name, mother's name and her birth date. And, and uh, I all of a sudden saw this image of a woman and she had dark blood. I could see the, the blood veins in her body and they were black. And I'm like, oh no, I'm going to tell this girl her mother has leukemia or something. What am I going to do? You know, it's like, I can't do that. And then I, I, I got really still. And I, I got kept stayed out of the way and and you know, I said that that she had um she needed to go to a regular doctor and the regular doctor would give her a diagnosis because she had an allergy and they couldn't see what the allergy was to because it was all around her. And um after she got the diagnosis she would go to a like a holistic doctor, a homeopath and he would give her herbs and roots and berries to clean her blood and she would be fine. And come to find out, she went to a, a regular doctor and she was allergic to formaldehyde. Now, she worked in a furniture store. So she no. had formaldehyde oh all Under over. Formaldehyde. I know. So, so she was so sick and then she went to a homeopathic doctor, got herbs and roots and berries and and now she's fine absolutely fine and and you know those kinds of things it's like you know when you're when you're especially when you're just starting out you just you just have to trust the information that that you're getting i know you do you you have a tremendous amount of knowledge but you also are very intuitive right susan to connect with because on your at least on your call i heard you take a pause before you answered someone's question. Yes. Which you're told absolutely me that you right. were checking in. I am and I am. I definitely do. Um, especially, you know, over the telephone, as we know, there can be serious problems and none of us want to be responsible for having someone ignore a serious problem. And so I ask my guides and I ask their guides, you know, is there something really serious here that I need to be aware of? And how direct can I be with them if there is in having them seek help? Yes, exactly. And it's it's just so it's so important to have that have that 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 intuitive knowledge to say, uh, you know, sometimes you do need to go to a regular medical doctor. And I always say, use your intuition to find the best medical doctor that you can find because surprisingly enough um, there are some out there that are good and that are beginning to learn about herbs I I know I have a friend that um, she was diagnosed with a very fast growing cancer and she was a doctor herself uh, a chiropractor and she had a was diagnosed with a very fast growing cancer and the doctor said you know you you do need to get your affairs in order and so she got her affairs in order and she started wearing stones and eating the herbs that would counteract cancer and paying attention to what she ate and and she um used essential oils and and she would go back to this doctor and tell this doctor this and this was like six months after she should have left the planet right 
and the doctor's like, what are you doing? And, and then she, he convinced her to do radiation, and she did radiation, and she just asked that whatever was in her highest good that she received, that she received, and anything that wasn't in her highest good that would pass on by her. And, um, you know, she got better with the essential oils and the, the herbs and the, the stones, and the doctor started, because she would tell the doctor this, and she, he started asking her all about this process that she was using, and she taught him about it. And now, I mean, this little doctor from a little teeny tiny town in Oklahoma, uh, now he is head of one of the huge cancer centers in the country. And he's still teaching people about the spirituality, about, about that whole process. So you never know when you're enlightening the doctor. <laughs> so in that and process, how far that enlightenment will sparkle out. Exactly. I love it. Sparkle out. Yes, I love that. And it, and it, it does. And, and then, you know, sometimes you need, like in, in my work with holographic healing, I, I like to have an x-ray or something that that is confirms what I'm sensing and seeing and hearing, okay? And then we work with it holographically and because we know what the misalignment looks like and we know uh, what a normal kidney or whatever looks like and then we can make one look like the other and work in that capacity and it's, it's always so so completely fascinating when when these alternative methods and now they're they're proving uh, science is is paying attention to the alternative techniques and and now they're proving what is indeed working with those alternative techniques and thank thank goodness thank goodness for that um, they're paying attention to herbs and they're paying attention to change of lifestyle and change of diet and um and reiki uh, and, and reiki absolutely yeah you know i absolutely i took, I took a, a tumble uh in march and and uh, i ended up with you know complications and things like that so i was actually in the hospital for a while and um I had one of my doctors, I, I found when I walked outside that I, I, I became tense and anxious. And when I walked inside, like on my treadmill, I didn't. And my doctor said uh, that um, it, it, he described it as, well, it makes sense that, that it's almost like a PTSD thing when you took that tumble your body is preparing when you feel something un, uneven under your feet. And I talked with him about cellular memory and how, you know, your cells go out 26 feet around your body. And they carry the complete memories of everything in your life and, and your Akashic records. And, um, and that, that, that makes sense that my body would prepare for another tumble because they remember what it was like uh, when I tumbled before. 
And uh, so he was fascinated by the prospect of your own physical cells outside of your physical body in your auric field carrying memories that your emotions can react to. And so once again, you just never know how far-reaching that sparkle is going to be. (laughs) Before it gets away from us, I know that people want to contact you. There's just so many things that, that want to know from you. Give people the best ways to get in touch with you, please, Marilyn. Well, my website is adiranda.com. That's A-D-I-R-O, N as in Nancy, N as in Nancy, D-A.com, or marilynharper.com. They'll take you to the same spot. And, you know, um, I, I, you can also email info, I-N-F-O, at adiranda.com. And I would love to give your listeners a gift. Is, is that all right? That would be so generous. I would love to Tell give us. them a gift. You know, I, I, I do guided meditations, and um, they're really quite profound. In fact, the one that I, I, I think I'd like to give away led me into holographic healing and showed me that that it is possible to teach other people how to look into your own body and sense and put it into a space of alignment. Uh, I would like to give your listeners a a 21-day program. It doesn't have to be done in 21 days, but it's a, it's a meditation program. So, of course, in my opinion, the best time to do it is early morning. Uh, and it's, you know, like... 20-minute guided meditations for 21 days. And I think it's got a little class that goes along with it. It's called 21 Days to Optimal Health. And it is, it's a powerful meditation program. You use visualization and creativity. I mean, we worked on your pancreas. We worked on, you know, your liver and your eyes and your bones and your knee joints. We had somebody that was uh, trying to avoid knee replacement surgery and somebody that avoided back surgery based on the work that we did. And uh, so if I could, I have a website um, that will take your listeners to that. It's called healingholographically.com. That's H-E-A-L-I-N-G-H-O-L-O G R A P H I C A L L Y dot com. I mean, can you get a longer website? I don't know. <laughs> wow, healingholographically dot com. Got it. Okay. <laughs> yes, and uh, that that will connect them to that twenty one day, uh, twenty one days of optimal health program. I would love to be able to give that to your listeners if that's all right. Well, it sounds like you just have, and that any listeners. <laughs> now, I, let me make you aware that these shows, these blog talk shows, are recorded, and that people will go back and listen to them. And so, this show may be listened to for years. Do you want to put a cutoff date on this? 
<laughs> I don't know. Maybe um, let's say um, uh, six months. If they listen to it in so July, this is good for the rest of this is good for the rest of 2021. Yes, yes, this is good for the this, rest of this offer of um, a free 21 day meditation course at healingholographically.com is good until the end of 2021. That should be clear enough for everybody, no matter I when they listen so. to us. Great. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you. What a beautiful thing to gift to everybody. Marilyn, it is truly a delight to talk to you, and there's just so much more that I wish to ask you and wish to learn from you. But our time is so short, and it's nearly up, believe it or not. So I come to the last question that I ask you, which is, what do you want to leave in the heart's and the minds, and the souls of everyone who's listening tonight. You know, I just want everyone who's listening tonight to have the deep realization that joy is truly your birthright, and it is something that is yours and can be achieved, and to just be the love that you are, and love your bodies, and love yourself, and you can love yourself into good health. Oh, love. What a marvelous message. One of the main messages of the wise woman tradition as well. Love yourself to health. Don't beat yourself to death. Love yourself to health. There's an awful lot of people beating themselves to death out there. In yes, the name of health. And I think it's very important that the voices, your voice, and all of the voices that say um, no pleasure, no treasure is really the way to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you so yeah. much for having me on, Susan. Thank you so very, very much, Marilyn Harper and everybody. Take advantage of this free course that she's offering you and Check out what else Marilyn is doing. We have hardly even begun to open the book of all of the marvelous things. Marilyn, I believe that we are all reweaving the healing cloak of the ancients. And I want to thank mm -hmm. you very much for the vibrant, scintillating, and wonderful threads that you add and add all of the time to this healing cloak. And Sarah Ellen... Thank you so much for joining with me in reestablishing herbal medicine as people's medicine, the medicine that's right outside your door. Green blessings, everyone. Good night. Good night, Susan. Love to you.